five, four, three, two, one. Hello and welcome to the Ready Set Tone Podcast, your premier source for everything that has to do with the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I'm your host, Alex at OmniStrife, and with me I have Jordan at Sir Dr. JM. So we're here to discuss the plentiful action and drama we've just witnessed and, and heard about uh, about the Overwatch League. And of course, uh, as you can tell, I'm the one doing the intro, so you must already know that Chris is out. He saw the news. He has decided to go with the $6 million uh, option and, and uh, leave you know Overwatch League forever. So here we are. Wow. <laughs> yeah, like you know, you know, it's tempting when you're when you're that franchised and and you're being offered that much money by Blizzard, what what can you do? I mean, you know, it, it's actually very interesting cuz I personally did not get that offer at all. Yeah, I you know I wasn't what? under the impression that was on the table for us as well. Uh but I actually was was going to suggest that Chris might be here even though he's not. He <laughs> I hear there's a, a prop hunt event going on, so he could be that chair right behind uh, me. You never know. Maybe, 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 maybe. Uh, it's it's a really good uh, little mode. I tried a little bit. Is we'll it? talk about it a little bit later. Yeah. Did you not? I have not. It's, yet. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, we also had a couple of games, only from the Toronto side, and of course the big, big, big news that everybody is like, uh, um, you know, going crazy over. We'll talk about all of them, so let's just get to the payload, shall we? Moving the payload! Join me! So as we alluded to in the intro, we saw two games, uh, both were from the Toronto Defined, and we talked a little bit before about how schedules will, will kind of, you know, set teams up and maybe bring them down a little bit. This was already a rough, uh, kind of week going in for Toronto. Uh, Boston and Atlanta both are pretty uh, good teams. Obviously, Boston is good and Atlanta is great. So we did not really, uh, I think all of us predicted uh, Toronto to drop both games, I think. And drop them they have. Um, eerily similar, both of these games. Yeah. I watched the Boston uh, versus Toronto match live and then I watched... The Atlanta match uh, afterwards, uh, going yep. through 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 the thing. So Toronto is not there. Obviously, not nobody's there. Well, we did see uh, uh, Atlanta so, finally lose a match. True, uh, but 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 still, Toronto is not the team that obviously beat beat Atlanta. So Toronto is definitely not up there with with these teams. Um, but maybe in some instances it can be right when we see. Yeah. Uh, certain maps, uh, certain compositions. So uh, maybe it's flexibility that Toronto is lacking. Of course, we saw the big, big shakeup, and then we saw the close match against Vancouver and a couple of uh, uh, good wins uh, versus weaker teams. And and definitely the new additions in, in uh, Spectra and Opener, they're paying dividends right off the mm-hmm. bat. So, so even in these matches, I'd say they were more of a of a highlight than than you know like a weakness for Toronto. And yeah, let's just get to it. Like Boston match started, I believe, with Oasis. Uh, no, actually, no, no. It was Lee Jang Tower. Yeah. And of course, there's the 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 May uh, uh, Sim shenanigans. We get to see both teams go on Orion, and and for Kaluge. Uh, he's a flexible tank, but you wouldn't say that, like, this is, like, his go-to tank. Mm-hmm. 
but you know first map it looked it looked good it was very mm-hmm. very close you know 99 to 100 i think the highlights here that spectra is pretty darn good on on the may we saw some good coordination between him and hydron it's pretty surprising how uh, you know it's almost mirroring what what we had to say a couple of times about uh vancouver adding uh you know their own uh dps yeah. suddenly into the fray uh um in in hisang and uh these new integrations kind of work out even though you're going up against a very decent team here in boston like the decay uh on on the tracer again but you know like, like at some point they kind of look rough around the edges, like mm-hmm. in a 5v5, they, they look somewhat equal on some maps. But here I feel like, um, after, of course, the, the first map that they got, uh, the second one is at market, I think. Like, this is where things kind of start to, to not go as planned. Maybe it's part of the, the Symmetra effect when you get that <laughs> little point early. What are your thoughts on, on this matchup? Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely echo a lot of what you were just saying. The The big sort of takeaways that I found uh, really are the fact that Toronto, I don't think, especially, well, now that they've had these upgrades, they've made these changes uh, with Opener and Spectra, I think they're looking competitive, which is really great because, you know, first half of the season, there were times where they they just simply did not. They could not keep up. Um, it really does to me feel a lot like the performances that we're seeing now are good enough to make me think if this had been the lineup at the start of the season, we might be in much better shape. Um, you know, if they had played the first half of the season with Spectra and Opener, they would have obviously had a ton more experience with them. They would have, uh, had a lot of, a lot of good experience against other teams that I don't know they're going to get to play as much in the second half. I think they have a, if I'm not mistaken, I think this second half of the season is is a bit more difficult for them. They're facing a lot tougher opponents more regularly. Um, and I mean, that showed this weekend. But it also showed that, like you say, at times Toronto can compete. Um, that first round on Lee Jang, uh, like you said, it, it came down to the wire. And it really does feel a little bit like a part of it is just that level of experience that the Boston team has. They're able to keep their cool when they're in those high pressure situations because every single one of those players has been in the league for quite a while at right, this point. Right. Spectra's obviously new and, and I'm not saying he looked nervous or anything like that, but I think that experience really does speak volumes to being able to say, okay, you know, it's whatever, uh, we're, we're down by however much percentage at this point. Um, but we don't need to worry. We can concede a fight and then get back into it and we'll still take the round, right? Whereas Toronto feels a little bit more like they, they aren't willing to make those decisions, uh, all the time. There, there were a couple times certainly where, where they did, um, and it looked good. Um, even, even as we, you know, went past a uh, market, which 
like you said, didn't go their way. I think it was a hundred to yeah. zero. Yeah. It was um, kind of a stomp. Yeah. They, they came back on whatever the third round is. I can never remember what they're called. Um, it was the, the tower. Uh, I don't know. It was the outdoor tall one. Yeah. With the, the bridges. Tower one. <laughs> the the um, actual, the actual Lee Jang tower. I think yes, that's exactly. That's the one. Exactly. Um, and they, you know, they, it wasn't a hundred to 99. I think it was about 80% roughly for Toronto. Right. And right. at the end of the match, Boston did turn it in their favor. And yeah, Toronto lost a couple fights in a row. And that's why it was, you know, only 80%. But, the point is Toronto was able to keep up and it felt a little bit like, again, if Spectra and opener had just been there from the beginning, maybe they would, that little bit more experience yeah. with the team would have helped them push over the edge. And we would have been looking at, you know, a three, two or something better. Right. Yeah. I think also their mental is in a much better state. Like if oh, before totally. they went down Oh, two to a team, they'd never have like a yeah. good map in the third. Totally. And you know, Boston going into this match is eight and two. Of course, we discussed the fact mm-hmm. that Toronto lost the match. It's a nine and two team. It's a very good team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they are competing. They don't look as lost or as boomed as yeah, they were before. Yeah. We saw them, uh, competing with a team that's, you know, on the same level, you can say, like in Vancouver and winning that match. So mm-hmm. there is definitely more resilience, uh, to that boom. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, like you said, Maybe it's the experience, maybe it's the flexibility, or even mechanics when you look yeah, at the true. Boston Uprising when you have a like play like, like Twilight or Smurf. Mm-hmm. There is a gap there in in uh, in um, not just one position. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's a really good point. I mean, obviously right now, a lot of, a lot of these maps are at least in part monkey maps, right? Um, exactly. I mean, the, the next map we went to was Midtown. And what do both teams start off at or start off with? It's Winston. Um, and we know sure. that Smurf is obviously top tier Winston. You know, if, if the best Winston in the league is fearless, Smurf is maybe right behind him. You know, he's, he's definitely one of the best. And we know Kalusia's monkey is good, serviceable, you know, but not the best, right? Kaluj really yeah. is, well, as it's we'll not see, the top, top tier. Yeah. He, he excels on, you know, really Sigma, but, uh, you know, even I, I would say he's, he's good at, on Ram and, um, yeah, but sometimes <laughs> Reinhardt, but it's like old news at this point, And we shouldn't even bring this up anymore, but originally, you know, an off tank player mm-hmm. and, and still, still, you know, the evidence is there. I, yeah. I, I wish I could stop discussing this matter all the time but but it shows sometimes when you're yeah. not originally something is ingrained deep in in, in the the brains of these uh predominantly main tank players totally. or something i don't know gut feelings reflexes whatever you want to call it that the, the yeah. reptilian side of the brain is, is a little bit built different totally yeah. <laughs> so yeah they went into midtown uh boston were on the offensive and again like you mentioned the monkey map ensues um birdring opts to, to go to that uh sombra yeah so yeah you have a lot of disruption and and again like when whenever opener or ultraviolet are not like coordinated mm-hmm. a, a, as well um it's it's a, a little bit rough for for them and obviously when you're on on defense it's there's the whole concept of snowballing these fights is even a, yeah. a bit more difficult and yeah, it didn't really look, you know, much better on this map for for t- Toronto. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it uh, it was it was an interesting map for sure. Um, I'm just watching it back right now. Um, 
Toronto did, of course, manage to kind of turn things around, right? They, they didn't actually, I mean, uh, Boston caps that first point, but then they weren't able to get it all the way to the, uh, the, the mid, right. mid map checkpoint kind of thing. Um, and at that point it did look like, okay, you know what? This is actually doable, right? A, a full cap is tough. Anything less than that is honestly a good thing, especially against a team like Boston. Um, yeah. So it did. It did feel like things were looking good for Toronto. Yeah, by no means a terrible uh, distance for for mm-hmm. Toronto, of exactly. course. Like, and and with Spectre, he kind of popped off on on the Echo. He's really lo- he looks oh. like a specialist at that hero. So uh, it's it's so funny because I remember at the start of the season, I don't know whose interview it was. It might have been a post game or something like that, but I don't remember if it was Kaluj or Hydron. But one of them had said that um, was it Sam's Echo. Was the best in the league, or something like maybe, that? Who, maybe. Who else did Toronto have again? <laughs> that they like? Uh, it was Sam. Speed, was it speedily? It was speedily. speedily wasn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. He said that speedily's echo was was best in the league. He said better than than uh, I think it was Fleta maybe. And everyone was like, "Wow, that must be really good." And then now he's not with the team. And Spectra, on the other hand, is really shining on the echo. So right. I always find that a bit ironic, but. <laughs> just the, the fact that he brought it up oh yeah kind of like and pops then, in your mind again exactly exactly yeah so what 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 went wrong uh for toronto on, on defense obviously they do get the the, the point relatively you know n- quickly mm-hmm. with four four and a half moments like uh four and a half minutes uh to go and then what was it like boston just clamped down or I think uh, this was where we saw DeCape really pop off. It was, again, uh, Toronto, obviously, they knew what their goalpost was. They didn't even have to get it quite yeah. to that checkpoint. Um, they're moving the little fire truck. They get it through that uh, underpass uh, with relative ease. But like you say, they had, you know, four minutes to do it. So that was looking good. Um, and then, if I'm not mistaken, I think this was about when DeCape really turned it on. Uh, he was playing Tracer, of course. We know Tracer is uh, certainly a hero that he's no he's no schlub on, so oh, he yeah. was he was really pulling it out. And of course, we had Hydron on uh, Sombra, we had Spectra on Tracer, which um, certainly not you know off picks for either of them. But I don't think Hydron's Sombra is always the best. Um, and just at the very end there, Hydron was really looking for a good pick, and he tried to EMP uh, Decay. And I, I don't actually don't know what happened. Decay kind of jumped on the other side of one of those cars right, right before the checkpoint. And maybe that's what line of sighted or LOS him. But for whatever reason, the EMP didn't hit Decay. And I think that's kind of where it fell from there. If, if he had gotten that pick off on Decay, I think he, they could have brought it in. Um, but it just really, it, it didn't turn out for them. And then Boston was up to nothing. Yeah, it was like pretty close to be honest. Like it was, uh, it really was. I, I didn't remember it being as uh, actually as close for some reason. Maybe that's the effect of going seeing them going <laughs> like uh, two two down yeah. to Boston. Yeah, a, a rough map. Yeah. Well, and and that's I mean, like I say, this the evidence I think in these first two maps is clear as to why I say if they'd been playing with this roster for the whole season. And, you know, had a, maybe just a little bit more synergy, um, you know, regardless of the, the hero pool they have or the struggles that maybe, you know, we see on main tank and things like that. I think they 
they could have easily taken one of these maps. It was, it was that close. And yes, I'd say Midtown is the more likely one, uh, than Li Zhang because Li Zhang, they did have that one round where they were just blown out 100 to zero, but Midtown was close and it could have been three, two if, you know, if they'd taken it. So. And speaking about close, or maybe not close, but but uh, more of a positive mm-hmm. note for Toronto, they get to play on uh, Circuit Royale, mm-hmm. which, you know, looking at this entire week, seems kind of like to be uh, yeah. almost a, <laughs> a favorite, a favorite, or like a home court sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Even though there is another map uh, that <laughs> is in Toronto, they're not as great on that map, and yeah. and. They start on the offensive and they look like a completely different team. Why? Because again, it's, it's, it's so ironic that, uh, I keep bringing up, uh, uh, Vancouver and, and there's yeah. a lot of resemblance in maybe how these teams roll with the Sigma comp. Obviously, Punk is another mm-hmm. kind of a, a player that excels at that hero and kind of like brings up the whole team, uh, the whole team's level, uh, together. Um, and again, we it's it's not just a sigma, right? It's a completely different yeah. little mini comp, and in itself, you you see the the Zen obviously Serma Jed mm-hmm. is coming in. Uh, you see the Widow uh, duel, uh, and, and Hydron's no slouch, you know, going yep. ag- against the likes of Birdring or in the uh, match after uh, against Slip. Um, it's, it's an interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only difference I'd say, like, Spectra goes, uh, on the Sojourn and we see Decay, uh, opt for yeah. the Genji. Yeah. Which is interesting because we've seen the Genji coming out, uh, in a couple other matchups too. I want to say Houston and Atlanta. I, one of them actually pulled out Genji when they were playing each other. Um, yeah. Seems, seems like teams are maybe some of these, uh, you know, more air quotes, advanced teams are, finding ways to make Genji work and they're really trying to bring it into the league. And when I say finding ways, I mean in scrims <laughs> or something like that, because yeah. when they're bringing it into these actual matches, it doesn't seem to be that effective, which, so it's kind of, kind of throwing me why they're, they're pushing it so hard. Um, I but mean, they must be having success somewhere, right? As someone who plays Genji on comp, and I, I, I don't mean to imply here, uh, that I'm anywhere near that level, but I think every kind of Genji player tries their damnest hardest, like to to shoehorn him the, the Genji whenever they can get the opportunity <laughs> to play Genji. Like, oh, I got this, I got this. Yeah. And I think part of why the Genji comes in is the Zen. There's a True. really good synergy between Genji and Zen yeah. when you like discord someone, and you can get that pick. Yeah. That's the problem here is that the the other team also has a Zen, and and mm-hmm. in in a silly, well, not not very silly, but it's kind of an interesting dynamic where. where Having a Zen on the opposite team is also like a disaster for, for Genji's because, yeah. you know, you get discorded or yep. your blade gets like canceled almost by, by a good transcendence. So it's just a matter of how well coordinated you are mm-hmm. with, with the, the Zenyatta. And, and Toronto do seem to be doing well with that, even despite the fact that they're, they're not really playing the Zen. So maybe, mm-hmm. you know, it's the lack of, of, uh, um, uh, a countering, you know, Zen on their side, but the, I don't know. It just it just worked well for them not to go for that. Uh, yeah. The Discord is still available. Just you got to protect Sir Majid because obviously Zens mm-hmm. are not very you know self reliant or, or they don't have a lot of uh, uh, ways to survive Eject without the teams to, yeah. to support. Yeah. Remember when Zen didn't have the kick? 
<laughs> yeah, I, that was, that's that's one of the best improvements they made to Zen. Oh yeah, just giving it's, them it's this boot. <laughs> so satisfying. It is, just isn't just it? Kick people around. Yeah, uh, yeah. There, there was actually. I mean, jumping ahead in the match a bit, but there was a moment where they were in that little room just before uh, the final checkpoint, and uh, I believe both Zens were in there and both Sigmas were in there at one point, and ever it's just boots flying everywhere and trying yeah. to kick them out and everything. It was great. They should have gave him like a bespoke uh, kill feed icon for Zen because when you do like a melee kill <laughs> yeah. with Zen, it's still, it's still like a instead. punch, yeah, yeah. but it needs to put like a foot. <laughs> it would have been so much better. That would be great. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, eat, the, eat them toes to your face. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Boston did look like they might be able to slow down and you know they did slow down them on like the little mm-hmm. uphill battle it's always like a tough uh moment but toronto does kind of get through mm-hmm. and then still the the widows try to do their thing eventually like slowly it's it's not the same madness that we saw in in the atlanta match of course that was it, it was crazy yeah we'll get there <laughs> it was uh, yeah if there's something to talk about from that map it, it's just that crazy uh, um circuit royal map other than that like in this case we saw a bunch of good plays from from hydron of course Coluge. um when did they stop i don't recall they, so, they got all the way but not not much in the time bank no they they are full out of the time bank they're in overtime and it was actually Spectra's um, Sojourn ult that really sealed oh, the deal yeah. for them. yeah, really popped off there. They were going into overtime, and they were still kind of on that last set of stairs that leads into that final uh, final checkpoint. And uh, and they had to push in, and Kaluge comes in just as Spectra slides in as well with uh, the Sojourn mm-hmm. little boost thing, and then uh, and then Spectra just pops the ult and gets three K. Casually 3K just kills like that. the entire yeah. team. Yeah, and Decay is still alive at that point, but. It's, you know, four on one at that point. So, uh, they, they just, you know, I think Decay blinks. They know exactly where he's going and they eliminate him and it just slides on in. So that was, uh, the three cap. And then we switch to, uh, Toronto on defense. So yeah, and defense is like another story of, of the first pe- point I feel like never, you know, never held for too long. Mm-hmm. But then the second map is where you know, the teams usually slow down. It's just the geometry is in, in much more f- favoring the defensive team uh, way yeah. more than the offensive team. Um, anything memorable for this map? Because I, I saw it live, so I'm kind of like trying to, trying to scratch recall go, going through it right now. Yeah, yeah. I see time is running out really quickly for Boston. Toronto here. did have a good hold um, just before that first checkpoint. Um, kind of on that stretch of road, uh, Boston pushes it in and is almost coming around the corner to that first checkpoint, but then Toronto goes kind of aggressive, um, and is able to actually push them back. Right. right. Um, Boston does, you know, bring it back a little bit. Um, but, uh, ultimately, I mean, this is, if this were the meta, if the meta were Sigma, Sigma Zen, Widow yeah. or, or even just Sigma in general, <laughs> I think we would see a massive improvement. For here. sure. Um, Boston does push it all the way to that checkpoint. There is kind of a battle right at the first checkpoint. Um, right. With, with Kaluj kind of dancing on point. Um, it goes back and forth. And I think at one point, unfortunately, Toronto just falls a little too far off the cart with Izayaki kind of giving Kaluj the boot a couple times. Um, and so they do, I believe, cap that first point, but they're just about in overtime, so they've, they get about two and a half minutes to then push. 
Um, and then if I'm not mistaken, it just gets stopped. Just yeah, at the end there. The yeah, they they didn't get the second one because I remember yeah. they put like Toronto puts a lot of damage in, yeah. and and then Izayaki, he kind of uses transcendence reactively to just try to survive. Mm-hmm. But then once it passes, nobody dies on Toronto's end, and then just they just clean up with their own uh, Zen ult. So yeah. that's kind of uh, um, the end for them. Uh, so yeah, it's a two one. You go into a push map, which is always, you know, a, a <laughs> kind of a flip almost at some, in some points. And Toronto does, uh, start out off well. They get the first fight, the first push. Uh, they do not get, uh, the checkpoint. And it kind of again reminds me of their match against Vancouver, where a lot of the times mm-hmm. if you start off well, but do not get that, um, butt scratch, it might not mean much in the long run. It's a very interesting, mm-hmm. um, almost like a seesaw type of, uh, map. Yeah. Uh, especially Coliseo. A lot of people don't really like it because of that whole stretch in the yeah. middle. It kind of doesn't really give you much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it is an interesting one. Um, you're right. I think, I think Coliseo gets a pretty bad rap because of that initial stretch where you're right on the edge of the Coliseum there. Yeah. And, it feels uh, like, the interesting thing is I, when I really think about it, like for me personally, that's the only part of the map that I don't like. I actually quite like the bridge and how it wraps around and everything. And that final sure. stretch, I think those parts are usually not that bad and, and kind of fun to navigate. Yeah. And, you know, you have lots of advantages and disadvantages and corridors and things like that. It's just that one stretch in front of the Coliseum that just yeah. stinks. It's funny that you say that. Cause I, now that I think about uh, it, it's like when you look at Esperanza, it's like, yeah, take that fun moment, uh, fun part of, of, uh, Coliseo and just yeah, make a map out of it. Pretty much. And, <laughs> and that's the thing is I, I actually really like, um, Esperanza. I think that is maybe the best push map. Um, yeah. Just, you know, the overall design. And yeah, what did they do? That opening area, instead of being sort of a slight curve, it's a larger curve and goes downhill and then has an overpass, right? Like that's really the mm-hmm. only difference, uh, or the only major difference. Um, but I think it's just such a better map. Um, bring, bring it obviously back to Toronto here. This was actually, a, again, another relatively close, uh, map. It was very back and forth. I think yeah. Boston had the lead for almost all of it. Um, but it wasn't a huge lead. And if we jump, you know, again, I, I've also spoken about, I feel like push maps are too long, um, being eight minutes. This match, you could jump to the final two minutes and you would basically see everything yeah, you need to see. Because it doesn't matter what happened before almost. Exactly. At that point, uh Boston is sixty-three meters and Toronto is fifty-eight. And Toronto is fighting for control, trying to take it back and and move it in their favor. And Boston just keeps winning when they need to. And they slowly chip away and get the bot back in their, really mm-hmm. in their favor. But like I say, I mean, until the final minute, it is back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And that final minute is when Boston really actually manages to finally secure that checkpoint, the butt scratch. And that's when, you know, I think at that point, Toronto maybe had kind of resigned to being done. Again, there was one minute left. So in order for them to then gain, you know, 63 meters and then another 58 and then gain some lead, it would have been a, a huge ask, right? Yeah. 
another thing to note here uh, it's one of my favorite things that like they happen in owl is when you have like five different uh heroes played so these teams play completely different heroes there's no no not even a single mirror so it's basically you know which alts maybe are more sustainable what what gets you more value and it's a really interesting dynamic to see boston play you know that tracer sombra sombra dive while uh, toronto is playing you know the more mm, how should i say it? pick pick centric uh 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 composition in mm-hmm. hydron and spectra where any like right click from from um may or a charge shot from hydron can literally kill a kill a character and then there's such a difference of of play styles between Kaluj on the ram and smurf on on the on the monkey right so basically it's a dive dive versus uh, uh more of a I wouldn't call it brawl, but mm-hmm. I don't know even know if there's the it's it's more of a brawl than than <laughs> definitely a dive mm-hmm. uh, with the map more of a chunky approach. So, yeah, it's it's interesting that like despite the fact that we see such different uh, approaches to to what composition you're playing, still it was a fairly uh, close matchup. Unfortunately yeah. for Toronto, like when. Push comes to shove, and we talked about this at the beginning of this uh, map match, right? That maybe it's just you know the gap in experience or mechanics where you know so, when push comes to shove, Boston can uh, bring that you know uh, higher level of play or, or not you know be as nervous and execute a little bit better. Uh, you get also much more potential for pop off on a player like. Uh, Tracer, the, who gets her ult so so often, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and DK has proven to to be doing that a lot. And there's a good play there from uh, Twilight when he gets that nade in right at the end. Yeah, he goes through that cheeky corridor from below, and obviously Twilight. We've spoken about him a lot. He's so good that even Chris named his cat after him. So <laughs> there you go. That's how influential uh, that <laughs> flex support is. So it's a 3-1 for Boston. Uh, a good showing for Toronto. However, the unfortunate thing is that this is, you know, the, 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 the easier mm-hmm. of the two matches that they've got scheduled. So for I sure. don't remember who it was that was interviewed. Um, was it? A Boston player? Who did Boston play on this uh, uh, week? Let me just check really quick. Boston played Florida. So, yeah, exactly. I think they interviewed... I don't remember who it was, but I I 100% remember what they were asked and what they were... uh, what the answer was. They they were asked about, like, what gave them the edge against, you know, Toronto, and and I think it was Decay. I'm not really sure. Uh, And he said, oh, we didn't really prepare at all for Toronto. We, 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 we were actually more concerned about our map match against Florida and, and we just played our thing and, and it worked out. It so, was. so there you go. It's kind of, uh, you know, uh, upsetting to hear, but yeah, it is what it is. It was um, Bourbon. I just pulled it up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exactly what he answers. Yeah. Uh, the answer he gives to, to, uh, um, Danny, to Danny. And, and that's exactly like the kind of confirms our, our, you know, suspicion that whenever things get kind of dicey, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, uh, we're better than this team. Let's just yeah. get it Turn over it with. And yeah. yeah. 
So, you know, despite it maybe not being like an easy game for Toronto, I'm sure they also kind of maybe tried to prepare more for Atlanta. Or maybe not, you know, maybe you prepare harder for the match that you actually get a shot at winning. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's <laughs> I don't know. Um, again, it did feel like a good preview of what was to come against Atlanta. Um, mm-hmm. and I mean, yeah, I mean, moving on to the Atlanta map, I didn't think Toronto performed horribly. I mean, obviously they got a map, which is great. Um, and I believe, was it Circuit Royale again? Mm-hmm. It, oh, yes. Oh, yes. It was the crazy Circuit Royale. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it really did. Again, the, the best thing I can probably say about these two games is that it felt like we saw the same team play both matches. It didn't feel like going into the Atlanta map, Toronto was completely boomed. Now, yes, things right. didn't start off great. Um, I believe the first round on Oasis, um, Atlanta does go up quite a bit before. Yeah, it's 99 before yeah, they flip they it. They have a weird comp there with, with the Torb and, and yeah. Illusion on the Junker Queen. They, they do try some, you know, more experimental stuff, which, Okay, sure. I mean, I'm all for it. Yeah. Right? What What if are your you chances play, of beating if you Atlanta? Play the best. What do you do? You high. You mirror them. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. You're not going to mirror the team that's best at the main comp that everyone's playing right now, right? I mean, you could, but it's obviously you're probably yeah. not going to do as well. Um, <sighs> was it? I think it was during goats. Uh, this was like a very big uh, point that people were yeah. trying to say, like yeah. Houston, why are you playing like the same thing that you you know you're going to lose mm-hmm, that? Mm-hmm. You so may as well I try I really yeah I respect. Casaurus uh, or whoever was behind, you know, pushing, yeah. try something new, and they, it looked good. Well, like, to... and that's the thing is, it I, I have it up again, and it actually doesn't go. Oh wait, was I totally wrong? Is it ninety nine in favor of Toronto? Yeah. Oh wow, I was thinking it was ninety nine oh, wow. in favor of Atlanta. Holy cow, <laughs> my mind just got blown. <laughs> I was reading it backwards. So Toronto gets it to 99 before Atlanta is able to cap, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, it's, I, I guess it's the the red on both uh, sides. It's it kind of yes. it gets really confusing. I hate when it happens, but there's way too many like totally. uh, blue and red teams on on totally. in Owl. Yeah, but and and like you said, uh, Atlanta somehow they turn it around. Comes back right? to take it. it. It goes from 99 in favor of Toronto to 100 to 99 for Atlanta, that and it just m- must not feel good. That burns, right? You know, it's, but again, the point is, um, Toronto coming in with everything they've got looking like, you know, we've moved on from the Boston match. We don't care about the Boston match. This is a new match. We're not, you know, we're not boomed from this previous match. We're going to give it our all in this next one. So. Yeah. And they go into gardens and, and still they seem to be like, with their foot on the paddle, they're not looking inferior to Atlanta in any way. Uh, and they have, you know, more cap, but mm-hmm. then, you know, Atlanta, they kind of come back and at this map, I think it, this is where uh, Toronto does equalize and it looks like mm-hmm. doable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even, even university, I think is the last one. Yeah. You get the first cap, but I don't know. We, of course, know about, like, the gap in the teams, but mm-hmm. but the, the players themselves, they are well aware of it as well. Mm-hmm. 
And I know nobody comes in to lose a match. After all, you know, there's there's a lot of cliches. I, I'm watching meat sports. I, I watched it all my life. There's a lot mm-hmm. of cliches of how there's, you know, in, in soccer, there's like 11 players on, on each squad. And it's always, you know, it can, it can be anything. But at some point, you know, it gets to you in, in the back of your mind. And, and you understand that whenever you win a fight... You are extremely happy about taking a fight from from a team that's so much better than you, and you are like whenever you lose a fight, it feels like oh well, this is not surprising. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's kind of like might be a factor in performance in some. Not to mean that like you know these things are real. There is a gap of talent between the two teams, and and that's just the reality of it. Um, but it was a good attempt on on Oasis. It was pretty competitive. Two, three maps that's yeah. like, not a lot of teams get to even get that against, uh, Atlanta Rain. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, overall, I mean, I've, I've said it probably three times at this point. The biggest takeaway is they weren't boomed from the Boston match. They really yeah. did make this first round competitive. Um, you know, yeah, you can see that Atlanta is the better team, but like I said, the first two rounds were still very close. Um, the third round, I think Atlanta wins it out a little bit better, but even still, that third round was still close. Um, and, and that's really good, honestly. Um, actually, third round, did it go 99-99? It looks like it did. It oh, maybe not. It was Sorry. pretty close to it. Yeah. Highlights there. That's what it was. It was 99-50. So, you know, third round was maybe the worst that Toronto had there, but again, you know, you clean up a few mistakes on the first map there and maybe you take it 2-0, right? Yeah. So Toronto is fresh off this, you know, pretty competitive map um, on Oasis. Are you optimistic? You might be, right? As Toronto, like you're, you can't be unhappy with that type of performance. So what happens <laughs> in the following match? I mean, was a little bit worse. <laughs> oh, Damn, what a stomp. Yeah. It's just one of those uh games of Overwatch that you're like scratching your head like, okay, that's that wasn't my fault. That's just matchmaking uh is is <laughs> completely you the know effed in, this. in the Overwatch. Like, yeah, something is really Yeah, you, you feel like there was there was nothing you could do mm-hmm. that would improve your chances of of winning or even making this uh map competitive, right? It happens sometimes. It happens to all of us. Mm-hmm. So it happened to the Toronto Defiant as well, sure unfortunately. This, oh, it was so rough to see. Like there was, yeah, it wasn't even close. I don't. Uh, no, no, it was not. It was rough. Speed running in both on both ends. Uh, Toronto were giving you know the impossible task of 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 trying to cap or trying to defend this. Uh, I, I they were on on uh, the offensive end first. They were trying to mm-hmm. cap. And then, they couldn't get even a single percentage, yep. uh, and and of course, you know, Atlanta just that walks in, set the goalpost pretty close. Wins, for Atlanta. yeah, they win first first fight, and it's over. And you think like, okay, maybe this is what's going to happen now going forward, um, huh. or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely say that <laughs> this one seemed like a confidence shaker. Um, you know, even even with Atlanta. Pushing as hard as they did, I mean, lip on Echo, Spectra on Echo to start, and lip is just like, no, this is my character. And Spectra switches, right? 
Did you see what happened also after this map where uh, Chio ha- uh, holds up like a lip MVP oh, yes. oh, player yes. card? I did see on the, on the camera, yeah. yeah. It's kind of cute. Oh, yeah, totally. I like that. Um, but yeah, I think this that was definitely a confidence shaker. One, one that makes you wonder, okay, is that it? Are we about to get the 3-0 that yeah. uh, Jordan put in his pickums? Um, <laughs> if I had if known you... it was Circuit Royale, maybe I wouldn't have put 3-1. Or, I mean, 3-0. No, I, I put three zero two, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, and if you thought to to kind of go forward from you know from your segue here, if you thought that this is just gonna get less crazy from from this particular match, yeah. oh, <laughs> there is something uh, pretty wild coming. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just you know alluding to the fact that that Toronto they do get a map here, mm-hmm. um, but in what fashion <laughs> if you look at like the the youtube uh you know uh bar what do you call it i always forget the the the, the seek seek bar sure, right where you sure yeah there's a seek small bar. sounds like the next the player in the overwatch league <laughs> seek bar yeah there's a little tiny portion of it is for map 2 and then like maybe f- 40% of it is is for <laughs> for this entire map yeah it was so much longer, and it starts off, you know, pretty pretty poorly. Oh yeah, Atlanta rolled Toronto. I think they had five minutes after they got the first checkpoint. And we, with our three zero prediction, would be like, okay, like you know, our team lost, but at least we get the the points, right? We I had it like marked for double points boost. I'm like oh, happy, did you? you know. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna talk about what's been going down with Pickens. I don't think anybody checks them anymore, but that's <laughs> that's for later. Um, <laughs> but. You said right. Again, uh, just to go back to what we discussed before in this map, uh, you get the Sigma, mm-hmm. you get the Widow. How scary it is, yep. you know, to go against Lip on the Widow. Anyways, Atlanta just keeps on rolling. Mm-hmm. They they continue that same dominating performance that they had in, in uh, the previous map, and it looks like all over at this point. Like, and this is where... Toronto can't catch a break at all. We see Stalker... On the Genji, like I said, with Decay trying yep. Genji on uh, on Boston. Um, Stalker has a lot more success with it and is a pretty decent contributing factor to this win, right? Um, I mean, ultimately, like, Atlanta finishes this map with probably three minutes, I think, I want to say. Maybe yeah, a little sp- better than three minutes. They speed run. Um, th- this really felt like, I mean, you know, you were talking meat sports before. This felt like a 7-6 hockey game where... Hockey games are frequently, you know, maybe two or three goals, sometimes on one side, sometimes on, the, on either side. When you get a, right. a, a game that is a 7-6 or 7-5 or something like that game, that means both teams' defense was absolute crap. Yeah. And or nobody could the goalie defense. was absolute crap. And sometimes it's both, right? <laughs> and that's how this felt. Um, you know. Yeah. And off- offense has an incredible day. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And after, of course... Um, Atlanta finished their, their first push. <laughs> um, of course they put on the, the, uh, on the broadcast, the stat that shows, uh, I believe, was it lip? Yes. Lip with four final blows on widow, four scoped critical kills and zero deaths compared to Hydron who had zero yeah. final blows, zero scoped Both. critical kills and five deaths. I wonder if Both all four lip. of lips kills were on Hydron, but. 
most of them were probably it, and and fielder looking like a madman also on yeah. on the yeah. Zenyatta getting his all yeah. so quickly just a third dps in that match mm-hmm. really not concerned with healing as much no no they had 315 left on the, on the clock yes that's right and then Toronto starts and, and their push. You think Toronto is is done, right? That they're just gonna lay, <laughs> lay down and die. But what happens? Well, I mean, I, again, speaking to the resilience we're now seeing with this this refreshed team, um, they roll into that first checkpoint after a a pretty good fight with three minutes, and suddenly they've got five minutes to get to that second checkpoint. And it's almost the exact same story as Atlanta. No defense. Exactly. Just only offense. (laughs) No defense. Toronto's on the gas. They're just making constant cart progress, um, with, with Kaluj pushing up, but Hydron hanging back, but you know, Hydron on the widow, lip on the widow. Um, and And he's winning the fights and he's winning. And I mean, Hey, that must feel pretty good. Um, and Spectra again playing the, uh, sojourn and I'm really starting to like, Spectra's Sojourn, and I mean, everyone knows right. the Echo has been dominant on Spectra's side as well. But when when he pulls out the uh, Sojourn as well, which is an an interesting pick right now because it doesn't feel, you know, if you were to say there's a a, a single meta, Sojourn doesn't feel like the primary meta, but is maybe yeah, a sh- secondary or tertiary because it yeah, does like seem like a lot of teams are able almost. to make spect uh sorry not spectra uh, uh, sojourn work and spectra is right. definitely making it work yeah she went through a bunch of uh nerfs as well so she's mm-hmm. not as Im- impactful as she was before unless you are consistently good yeah, on those yeah. alts um but yeah it, it, even though they had a little bit less time i want to say when they finished like with because because uh, Atlanta did uh, stop a bunch of like final pushes here in the, yep. the final room, and it looked like maybe dire at some point, mm-hmm. uh, especially considering you know how much time Atlanta has on on their own time bank, and and considering the fact that it is Atlanta Rain they're playing against. Okay. Um, I want to say still Toronto didn't complete it until overtime. Yeah, it was in overtime when Toronto completed. All oh, right, right, right. So they get the one minute only, right? Yeah, they they kind of go into mm. uh, they they pull out some ults from Atlanta just before the final fight, and then Toronto goes into it with I think three or four ults. Um, Ultraviolet mm-hmm. pops the the window on BAP. Um, I believe Spectra, Spectra pops. Spectra also went on the oh, was, on, the Genji. Was on Genji. That's right. Yeah, and yeah. Majed comes in with a transcendence just to kind of get that final final push. I, it was after they were already making progress, but yeah. So over time, uh, one minute uh, oh <laughs> on <gosh>. Toronto's <clears throat> side, and Atlanta has four fifteen. Mm-hmm. So before we we saw something like this happen, I think it was Hollywood for Vancouver against the Valley. Yeah, that's right. Where you can stick on the payload, and if you're executing well enough, you're you know you can win the map. But yep. against Atlanta Rain <laughs> is like the the ten and one Atlanta Rain. Is this after? Oh, this is, uh, I guess, after their loss already against... Uh, yeah, um, they lost to Houston, Houston the day before. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'd think there's just no way. There's just no way. This is going to be donezo pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> but... <laughs> Toronto, Toronto is in overtime. They hit their shots. Yeah, and they're in overtime when they get that first checkpoint. And, of course, when you're in extra rounds, you don't actually get more time in doing that. So they no. are in overtime. 
from Forever. before the first <laughs> checkpoint through the rest of the map. They step off and they they see they've seen nine, right? If if they leave the point, they literally will right. then, you know, that'll be it for them. They l- lose instantly. Yeah. But I mean, luckily we've got a couple backliners here that are good for some distance. I mean, even with Hydron on on Widow, he can stay on the cart for a while as well. And again, it's the same story, just an absolute and utter lack of any sort of defense. Yeah, and it's kind of gets scary at some points because there are some picks that Lip gets on oh, yeah. the way up, but but still, it just Spectra again and again mm-hmm. gets like those crucial picks and and Sir Majid popping off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe Atlanta were just too overly confident. We saw this happen so many times yeah, now true. when you get too much time or too much of an advantage, and you know, like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll get we it next time. It Here we yeah. we have we have alts coming up and things like that. I don't know. It, it was uh, interesting, and and even in the widow one v ones, it looked like Toronto is kind of like that wounded animal, mm-hmm. just fighting for its life. This is their meta. This is where they feel c- the most comfortable, and yeah. and they they were able to survive. Like there's no other <laughs> way to say it, mm-hmm. uh, and it's 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 impressive because it's not like against the team. Yeah, it's like not like a Valiant, Valiant or, I mean, or like or like Vegas. even a Vancouver, yeah, right? Yeah. It's it's against not just like a good team, it's against the best team. <laughs> yeah. And 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 you know, Atlanta, they're up to zero. They know they can drop this map. It's not like they're down mm-hmm. 0 2. Maybe things are different that way, but still we don't want to like take away uh anything from it. And it's not even over mm-hmm. because <laughs> when, you know, Remember, remember that Atlanta also has the huge time bank. They have four, four fifteen, uh, four minutes to try and match uh, what the Toronto Defiant just achieved. Um, they do pretty well. <laughs> yeah, they push. They push. They have the time. Uh, again, we go to the point that nobody wants to play def- defense on this map. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's something with the map. I don't know. I never. Going forward, I will have a look at this map and how like different teams play here. Is it always like a role? Yeah. I guess it's not ever as not always as crazy as it was in this one, but maybe there is some sort of uh, uh, advantage here mm-hmm. uh, to the uh, offensive team. I-, I do remember struggling even myself as a player to somehow finish this map, but it d- didn't look like the the case for these teams mm-hmm. uh, on this day. And well, and, and two. Honestly, the, to the most Toronto's credit, as we come into the sort of uh, indoor stretch at the end there, Atlanta kind of baits them and pulls them up to that pool area. And from just yeah. before the second checkpoint through to that final straightaway, Hydron, or not Hydron, sorry, uh, Lip on Widow is basically just cruising. He's just sitting on yeah. the point. And remember, he's he's a damage player, but they don't really need him. He's just kind of sitting on the cart making progress. And then we have um, Stalker and I want to say Chio and Fielder all come up to that pool area. Right. And three of the Toronto players come up there as well. Almost just kind of, you know, giving Atlanta this progress. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, Atlanta drops down and, and Toronto comes back around as well. But Atlanta rolls it in to the final checkpoint with one minute and seven seconds remaining. So no, a tiny advantage. That- 
That's the thing, though. I wanted to bring this up as well. How crazy is it that in overtime, not overtime, but the extra time bank that you get, you never have any additions to your clock. Mm -hmm. And they actually went to the sixth point with seven seconds to spare. They never had to, like, uh, uh, remain on the card. No, they never never reached overtime. They ne- that's how fast they went. So they get the extra minute as well. So, uh, you know, a d- seven points different, uh, seven seconds different. So it's not nothing much, mm-hmm. uh, uh, to, to, you know, to, it's not really a, an advantage. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, Toronto goes to on the offense, uh, first. They push. Of course, it's overtime pretty quickly. <laughs> um, they, Get the seventh point, which is the second point of the map, until Atlanta finally does what they weren't able to do at all in the previous uh, <laughs> win a team uh, rodeo on this map. <laughs> maybe they learned something. I don't know. They just said like, maybe they wanted to go home and, and chill and yeah. like, you know order some it, food. You know, just just watching it back, it feels a little bit like both teams were maybe respecting the space that the other team had a little too much because it's that, that first, I mean, you go sort of up a slight incline, you go right and then you go left and then you go left again to get to that first checkpoint. And in both cases, so in each completions that each team did, Mm -hmm. they never, the defending team never pushes forward a lot. They are all backing up and almost giving them that space. And I do wonder if they'd applied a little pressure either side of Toronto or Atlanta had applied yeah. a little pressure there. Could they have pushed forward and not conceded that space and maybe gotten a pick? Of course, neither of them want to do that because if, you, if you the other the team gets a pick, then suddenly you're doing that long trek down the whole chicane right. and everything. But it looks to me like, um, you know, again, maybe not, maybe not so much a case of no defense, like I suggested, maybe more of a case of just trying to respect the space because again, like you say, they're a little bit nervous of that, you know, pickoff potential of, of the widow yeah. for the most part, which is exactly what happened on, on that, uh, overtime push, uh, when lip kills hydron, that's when, when it's basically over. Uh, but things aren't over because now Atlanta had, well, Toronto did get a point, right? Uh, sorry. Uh, oh no, Toronto did get a point. They got the seventh point. So unless, Atlanta matches that mm-hmm. or beats that, it's Toronto's uh, map. So, which again, similar Toronto, time banks, you know, it's doable. Right, very. I like that team, like, uh, how do you call it? Momentum gauge they have at the top. They should keep it more what, often on than not. What is that? And how do you, how do you contribute to that? Is that in the app, the little voting thing that they used to have where you no, could no, clap? no, 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 no. This is, this is like literally stats pulled from the fight is it in really? live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From damage, healing and all that. So ah. it kind of shows you which team has uh, an advantage in real time. Okay. Really cool stuff. See, I, I wasn't sure because to me, it looked a lot like how in the app during COVID, they had that little feature yeah, yeah. where you could tap over and over again to clap for your team. And I had thought it was something like that. Um, but that makes it a lot cooler. And I, I, I dig it now. <laughs> yeah. And you see that despite like when Toronto, uh, won that map, mm-hmm. it was pretty close. Totally. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Toronto they, they kind of got, got it. They, they, it's funny. They look like they uh, literally won, won the entire oh, game. Totally. They, they get off their, 
deaths. But but that's how it feels like after such a long, long map. Yeah, and it was long. It almost reminds me of Volskaya. Uh, <laughs> oh how long that took. I haven't even thought about Volskaya in so long. <laughs> it's funny that you bring that up. You know what they should have done? And I mean, hey, maybe they have, but they should have used those maps for prop hunt. Give us Volskaya. Give us Anubis, you know? Ah, uh, they need to. That would be cool. They need to bring him back. Like, why not? It's into... Who cares? <laughs> just put. Just I always say, just put a payload in there. Totally, like, I agree. Those maps. I miss Anubis and then Hanamura so much. Yeah. Like those maps were so fun to play. Even Volskaya, which I hate, I miss it now because <laughs> you know it's still. Yeah. It's still a great, uh, you know, it's Overwatch. It's pretty. Like we we've all made a lot of memories there. Some games we won, some games we lost. It's so painful to me to hear that like a map gets yeah just, just wasted removed away. it's like imagine you know if they took a, a hero away mm-hmm. it's even if it was like a sim i don't know i, I it'd be sad may anyways <laughs> may yeah <laughs> nobody <laughs> would bring from goats yeah right uh yeah and uh, it's again uh, Atlanta refuses to go down three zero. They refuse to give us the the boost in in the pickums. Mm-hmm. There's one more map to play. Again, it's push. Uh, this time it's Esperanza. I guess the, the better of of the yeah. And unfortunately, maps we, we saw. Unfortunately, this time I don't think there was a whole lot to talk about. Oh yeah, a monkey map, and yeah. and, and in this map you are kind of forced to play the mirror and then back to monkey domination toronto does play uh uh you know the mirror and let me tell you uh hydron and spectra are not gonna beat <laughs> stalker and lip and, and obviously collusion dongak on yeah on these heroes it, it's i'm sorry guys it's just reality you're, you're not gonna beat mm-hmm. you know um no matter how good you think you are, you're not going to beat, Le- you know, LeBron James in his prime in a one-on-one. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in basketball, right? Maybe you beat him in checkers or whatever you're really good Overwatch. at, but not in basketball. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> in Overwatch, yeah, maybe. Uh, but you're not beating these guys on, on Sombra Tracer yeah. at this point. Um, and that's what happened. There was a sizable gap. Do they complete the push? I don't think they. They don't. Do they? they get really close. Really though. close. They, they get. I think. Well, I'm looking at it. 136 meters, and I want to say it's like 140. Um, yeah, they don't even need to. And Toronto, Toronto has you know 20 ish, and then yeah, Toronto wins a fight and manages to get the bot back to their point, and they get it to it looks mm-hmm. like 35. But at that point, like. They got a hundred more meters to go, and they're yeah. in overtime. So all Atlanta and, has and, to do is win one fight. And the way these maps are built, you you don't even want to try and push it forward because it just no. brings the bot closer to Toronto's uh, spawn, spawn right? Yeah. So yeah, a three-one. Mm-hmm. Um, we did not expect Toronto, like we alluded to at the beginning or or last week, to to win these maps. I don't even know what like to. to you know, take away from these. Like the takeaway is obviously, we need a Sigma meta and we get a Sigma yeah, we need meta to and Toronto's play on, top. on Circuit Royale all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some good performances from from Spectre especially. I'm still super impressed mm-hmm. with how he plays. Definitely uh some good maps in there. Hydron looking really, really good against Lip on Widow. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. We we always knew that he was like on that Maybe not S tier, but definitely an A tier, uh, hit scan player. Yeah. Um, up there and on a good meta on a good day can, 
you know, compete toe to toe with an S tier DPS for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, still not as flexible as these two teams, not as resilient, but it's progress. It's definitely much better than what we saw before. Yeah. The, the big shakeup and uh, props for Toronto. It was an interesting. Um, and we're not going to talk about, uh, Numbani. <laughs> Other than that, it was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Next week, uh, we see Vancouver return to action. Some uh, interesting matches. They're playing against Washington on Saturday. This is this this is the the time for uh, Toronto to lean back and, and relax a little bit. We're flipping the roles now. It's Vancouver's time to to play, mm-hmm. and the other match is against the LA Glads on Sunday. So definitely not as bad as as what Toronto had to deal with. On, uh, this week, let's see how we're looking at now at the, um, let's have a look here at the standings. I know it hasn't been, uh, uh, Toronto and Vancouver, nine and ten, five and seven. And oh, is it now the same? Mm. Uh, They're, they're, um, Toronto has one more of each because they've played two more games than Vancouver. Yeah. So there's there's a chance Vancouver comes out of this weekend with the exact same record as Toronto sitting at five and seven. There's a chance they come out with a slightly better record, six and six. But yeah, and interestingly enough, Washington Justice and Los Angeles Gladiators oh, yeah. are both at five and five, <laughs> straight five hundred teams. Yeah, both are looking kind of shaky. Yep. Not your Atlanta Reigns, Houston Outlaws. Even your uh, Boston uprisings, right? Uh, definitely teams that have gone themselves through some sort of uh, shakiness. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Vancouver is a favorite in either of these matches. Ooh. What are your thoughts? Um, well, I mean, I don't want to spoil my pickums or anything, but I have Vancouver winning hmm. two games this weekend. Ooh, that's right. spicy. That's wow, right. that's I'm... So you think you think that Toronto is better than both of these teams? Just a little both of little uh, Ooh, thought exercise. Interesting. Okay, I hadn't considered that. Um with how Glads have been playing, I mean, oddly enough, I have Glads losing both matches this weekend, one against Vancouver, the other against London. Um which may surprise you, but yeah, I mean, I guess if I think about, if I'm weighing Toronto on the same scale that I'm weighing Vancouver, I think I put yeah. Toronto winning both these matches too. Wait, Glad's only the last match they played was the lost against the Valiant. They'd not played after. Uh, no. Um, hmm. and it's interesting. Glad's are a strange one right now, right? They had a 3-0 loss against uh San Francisco and they had a that who themselves did not look stellar in some of their no. uh latest they, they lost 3-1 to the Spitfire. Yeah. The the league is in such turmoil right it now. Is. It's just ridiculous. It is. Like and this that's a little bit of it, why I I am rating Glad's fairly low. Um we know that Glad's right. uh, again spoilers for later in the show. We know Glad's have a recent addition. Um, will it make a significant impact? Marvel, is yet yeah, to they see. don't look. Uh, no, not even Marvel. They they have another one. Uh, I mean, they they added Cal on support, which oh, kind of yeah. surprised me. But 
again. I yeah, just... we did not see if they are releasing anyone. Like, there's rumors because now they have three flex supports, and it definitely seems like. Oh, do they? Yeah, like Cal is definitely a flex support, and they have Laster on Babel. Right, right, right. And it doesn't seem like he's on the same like level. It might be a sign mm. of releases, or maybe. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna leak a little bit into uh, the next <laughs> big topic we're gonna talk about. But there's definitely a trend in here that some teams might want to be out, mm. and some teams might want to be still in. It might be like a sign, exactly. Interesting. Things are not looking good um, for uh, the Glads, for sure. Uh, we do know we are privy to the fact that Dante was definitely released due to the fact that he was kind of costly and maybe not as flexible as some other uh, offerings. Maybe uh-huh. they thought that they were paying too much for what he had to offer. Back to Washington. They lost 3-0 to Atlanta. That's kind of expected. Mm-hmm. They lost 3-2 to a shock that was not as impressive recently. They also barely beat the Valiant, who are looking kind of nice, mm-hmm. <laughs> oddly enough, right now. So it's so it's all really flat, to be honest, right now for the league. And in, in my opinion, the Valiant matches lately are more credit to the Valiant than it is the teams they're facing. I think it sure. really shows that Valiant, those players, despite the air quotes reputation they have, despite the, you know, air quotes rough start as uh, well. reputation that the org has with the fact that, you know, it's been cobbled together and, you know, they couldn't even afford a social media person. They don't even have the logins to the social accounts and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, despite everything, those Valiant players are grinding and want to be in this league. I mean, we'll talk a little bit about the league soon, but those players want to be here. And I think they're proving that. And I think teams are underestimating them. And that's why we see Valiant having the performances that they are having. Now, it's not to say they're top tier by any means. Um, they're still, you know, bottom of the league, but they're at least showing up and showing up more than teams expect. And I think another key. Yeah, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say that definitely factors into the matches they've been having. But even still, a team like the Glads on paper, should not lose to them even if they're unprepared they should not be losing to them but they did you know and that's what really shakes my confidence in glads and makes me feel like vancouver can take this i have them winning 3-1 not even 3-2 i have them winning 3-1 vancouver both matches uh i actually am giving washington more credit and saying it's 3-2 against washington (laughs) (laughs) that's that's really funny because i just did my uh uh that's what i chose to because I thought while we were having the conversation before uh, and looking at the previous results, all teams here, all, all three teams that we're discussing here, obviously need a victory. They're like mm-hmm. desperate to get that dub. Uh, otherwise, it might go south for them really quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think that Vancouver played a little bit better mm-hmm. in their losses. Yeah. Or at least they had tougher opponents. Um, Vancouver played Toronto really close. Um, I don't remember who yes, else it they played. played. Really came down to like a few blunders at the end and the mayhem. Oh, yes. Another one three. Oh, mayhem yeah, three looking one. amazing right now. Yeah. And, and uh, mayhem is clearly one of the top teams right now, right? I mean, that top four is a pretty solid top four with Atlanta, Florida, Boston, how did and mayhem. Houston. Exactly. How did mayhem finish? They three two Boston against Atlanta. Did they play Atlanta? I, I see they played, played NYXL. They, they played Houston played. and they 3 0 Houston on opening weekend. I don't think they've played Atlanta recently, at least in the second half of the season. 
Oh, they are playing them this upcoming Friday. Ooh, that'll wow. be wow. So that's interesting. That'll that's going to be a banger of a match. Not okay. So oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. What were you? No, I, I was just going to say I don't see them playing Atlanta, but then I do see it, and I've predicted mm-hmm. them three two. I think Mayhem's going to win it. So really, yeah. oh, that's a, you're you're just filled with spice uh, <laughs> on these pickums. I, I wish someone would check those though. <laughs> <laughs> once yeah, the week uh, is over. Uh, but yeah, back to the, the, the matches. Vancouver plays twice this weekend, so looking forward to that. We've still got these matches to look forward to, and I'm happy about it. Um, that's pretty much it for the payload. Let's get into the fray to <laughs> some other news we have to discuss, unfortunately. So this is the point where we talk about the week that was, and we constantly discuss the fact that how difficult it is to to look at results um, on the, you know, on the schedule, and unfortunately, well, it is true for the, the it is fine for for the West region. We usually just read the results from the Pickham pages. And so <laughs> right now, at least for the East, you cannot really see the results I have, on that side. I have figured out this newfangled website they have. Would you like me to blast through the results here? Because I've got it up. It's oh, super yeah. clear and easy. Both regions. Take it away. Okay. So Friday, July 21st, the Seoul Infernal had a 3-0 win over the Guangzhou Charge. The Dallas Fuel then beat the Shanghai Dragons 3-1. Poker Face then beat out Dreamers 3-1. San Francisco Shock coming over to the West then beat out the Valiant 3-2. The Boston Uprising, as we know, 3-1 over the Toronto Defiant. And finishing out Friday was the Houston Outlaws getting a 3-0 win over the New York Excelsior. Then heading over back to the East on Saturday, July 22nd, O2 Blast took a loss 3-0 against the Seoul Infernal. Uh, Pantera then got a win over the Guangzhou Charge, 3-2. The Seoul mm. Dynasty got a win over the Hangzhou Spark, 3-2. And the Shanghai Dragons got another win, 3-1, over bop, bop, Poker, bop, poker Face. face. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known that was coming. <laughs> I had to bring that back. Then we head over to the West, where the Florida Mayhem take a 3-2 win over the Boston Uprising. The London Spitfire get a 3-1 win over the San Francisco Shock. And Houston ends Atlanta's winning streak and takes oh, a 3-2 victory. A and it was match. a good match. And of course, a fact they dropped on the broadcast there, if Atlanta had won that match, they would have set a new record for consecutive wins, beating mm. out the San Francisco Shock's previous record in 2020, 2019. I can't quite remember which. 2020, their second, their second right. uh, season, I think. Right, because previous to that, Vancouver had it with uh, the Runaway squad. Yeah. So. yeah, and just because the season for uh, the Shock back then was a little shorter True. in terms of games played, then they might have gone even True. further. Yeah, absolutely. Then we head on over to Sunday, July 23rd, back in the East, where Dallas gets a win over Dreamers, 3-0. Hangzhou Spark get a win, 3-1 over Pantera Gaming. O2 Blast get a 3-2 win over the Dynasty, and we head back to the West, where the London Spitfire get a 3-1 win over the Valiant. The Atlanta Reign get a 3-1 win over Toronto, as we know. And finally, Florida Mayhem close things out with a 3-1 win over the New York Excelsior. 
All right, looking forward to the matches that will come. Uh, we already alluded to the fact that the Atlanta Arena are going to play Florida Mayhem. I think that's basically the game of the week. Oh, it's got to be. Uh, briefly looking over, well, Atlanta, oh, Atlanta has a rough week coming up. They're playing Boston as well. Yeah. And, and they played before that. They lost to Houston, obviously. They're not getting a break. When you're the best, yeah. you're going to get, you know, you're going to get the best versions of the teams you're playing against. Toronto is their game. So definitely. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, any other games of note that we want to have a look at here? Um, Valiant, I expect to beat the Eternal, probably. Uh, do, you, do you have it 3-1 or 3-0? Or 3-2? How? I think no matter what way you cut it, Valiant's coming out on top. I ha- For sure. I have it as a 3-1. Did they improve much? Since their big shakeup, the Vegas, Vegas. Honestly, when? I can't say I've they been watching. Won. They have, they've won more maps in this second half of the season than I think they have in the they entire first half. They got a map half. from, yeah, they got a map from Boston. Yeah, they didn't get a map versus NYXL though. They, they should have like played more. And like Boston, they just you know, yeah, they f around and they find out <laughs> a lot <laughs> so they definitely did not prepare for that match i think if they didn't prepare for uh, toronto they did not yeah. prepare for the for the eternal um so yeah ring against mayhem is going to be a, quite a banger yeah. otherwise nothing much outside like that both vancouver matches will be probably pretty interesting yeah yeah what else do we have in the East region? Something to look out for? Who's Infernal playing? Uh, I honestly Canada. don't even yeah. understand the East region. Um, there's another popular Overwatch podcast that I'm sure you can, you know, point your finger at if you'd like to. And they broke down how the East region works and qualifies for playoffs and everything. Oh, yeah. I listened to and that today as well. My God. It's just like, <laughs> what a mess. Like, I. It's unfortunate that it had to be this season that we finally got to see some contenders action coming into the league and everything else that we're going to talk about with the league happening. But like, they just, oh my gosh, who knew it would be as, as crazy as it is, like in terms of the schedule and the format and everything. But there is something cool to discuss about that region soon in terms of the additions that we just got prompted uh, um, during the recording, so it's live, uh, hot off the press. What? What? Breaking news? Exactly. What is it? One of my favorite players. We'll talk about that. Our next I don't know what he's topic. Okay, it's Jinmo. It's Jinmo. Wanjo Charge just signed Jin. Really? At least Choice of One. Yeah, so it's going to oh, be. Oh, and they released Choice of One. Pretty okay. interesting. But before that, do we want to address what's going on with Pickham's? I'm, I'm still stuck at 39 points for the summer stage. And if you look right now oh, at the Eastern Region results of week one, pending. <laughs> we're still pending results. There's one that did got like filled in. Uh, Western region is kind of is updated yeah. for week two. Yeah, Western um, is fine, I think. I have three matches that have come through in week one East, and then I have three matches that have come through week two East. The rest are all pending results. And it's odd because East region, we did get results on week one for some, uh, but for some games up until like Saturday. Um, but then week two, we get some results, but not all of them. It's 
Yeah, it's kind of a mess. I don't know. Maybe if it's maybe it is tied to the big topic that we're going to discuss here soon. <laughs> um, no clue. The Chinese government so is there, shutting down the servers, <laughs> the Pick'em servers. There's not much. Yeah, there's not much of a point. Like, well, we could discuss a little bit of what's been going on on the leaderboard so far because we did get some points from the Western region at least. Right now, for the summer stage, uh, it's Kevin Liu, as always, dominating the, the, the <laughs> you know podium. You're at second at 42, oh. and I'm at third at 39. But in total, if we look yeah, at the yeah. entire uh, 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 2023 season, it's Kevin, Chris, and you, Jordan, uh, mm. who round up the, the podium spots. I'm below... At fifth place, mm-hmm. I, I should be even lower than that, but because of my miraculous uh, first week, that's why I'm so high <laughs> as is because I missed so many predictions. Um, yeah, but but that's how it is. We hope it gets back to its normal state. Uh, I'm not sure if it ever ever will. Uh, is it the next topic? No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. So a little bit about uh, um, updates in. Not pickums, but pick ups and maybe drops. <laughs> so Guangzhou Charge, we already mentioned them, but they caught Piggy and they add Gaga. They also, they also, well, they released Choice of One and they added Jinmu. So, uh, and they also released a couple of, uh, coaching staff, Sungwoo and Taidola. Uh, they're going back to, Chinese players, which is kind of interesting because, uh, Choice of One, I think, is Korean and, and, uh, Piggy is Korean and, and Gaga and Jinmu are both Chinese. Uh, so that's interesting. Who do they have? What's their other, uh, Choice of One, Xerneas, Far Away? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They still have like a, a bunch of uh, Chinese, uh, players, but yeah, they seem to be going. Back to a full Chinese uh, uh, um, squad, it seems like. Anyways, on Atlanta, they add a rascal. Yeah, the same rascal that mm-hmm. used to play on a bunch of teams before. They add him as an assistant coach. Uh, Gladiators, we talked about this as well. A very weird pickup, Cal. I think he's, uh, is he Canadian or American? I think I saw he was Canadian, actually. He's on team Yeah, Canada. Canadian uh, flag support. I'm not sure if he's... Uh, very interesting pickup. Good luck for the uh, new uh, rookie coming to play for the Glads. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure if that's like a sign of things to come uh, for them dropping their maybe more costly uh, players. But they do have already two flex supports on the squad. So it's kind of weird they're bringing up another one. And another name familiar to the show, Finale, a uh, former Toronto Defined player, is signed by the Vegas Eternal. Mm-hmm. So a lot, a lot of people thought maybe Vegas are going full Korean. Uh, apparently not. Avala said that uh, is it Dove still that's on the squad? That he's his uh, position is still safe. And Rack Attack is still oh, there. Correct. Who knows what's going on there? Yeah, so <laughs> thrilled that she can be like. Don't worry, your position is safe. That must yeah. instill a lot of confidence in, in the players. That's unfortunate. Not that there's anything else to worry about for uh, a lot of players on the Overwatch League. And I think it's actually time, pum pum pum, to discuss the big uh, uh, elephant, huge elephant in the room. Uh, Chris wrote down on the notes, Owl is dead again. <laughs> 
So, yeah, it, you must have heard by now, our listeners, about this big... Like, how could you not? This is basically Oppenheimer happening all over <laughs> the Overwatch League. Yeah, <laughs> Activision Blizzard, and this is according to The Verge, a big uh, article, of course. Activision Blizzard lays off esports staff as it faces potential dramatic changes for the Overwatch League. So this was... Uh, alluded to, not alluded, but written on, on their, uh, quarterly, um, earnings report. So when it was released, it's, it just basically laid out the potential fate of the Overwatch League. And I quote from the report, uh, during the second quarter, we amended certain terms of our collaborative agreement with team entities participating in the Overwatch League. According to amended terms, following the conclusion of the current Overwatch League season, the teams will vote on an updated operating agreement. If the teams do not vote to continue under an, uh, under an updated operating agreement, a termination fee of $6 million will be payable to each participating team and entity. Total fee of approximately $114 million. That's ex- including probably uh, Chris's uh, payout of $6 million Definitely. as well. So two things were kind of announced. So staff is being released. That's always a bad uh, sign of, of sh- you know, shutting down the offices almost mm-hmm. uh, uh, proverbially. We saw a bunch of people on Twitter, unfortunately, um, and, uh, you know, share the fact that they were laid off. Uh, <laughs> I went through that recently. Chris went through that as well. It's not, not a fun time to be around. I hope a lot of these very talented individuals really land on their feet. There's other uh, uh, esports that are still alive, still uh, looking for talent. So, first of all, I want to wish them, uh, you know, luck in their search for a, a new spot. And the other part everybody is uh, obviously talking about is remember the fact of how this franchising model uh, used to be reinforcing the fact that these ownership groups, once you buy in, you can't really leave. Mm-hmm. So now once the current agreement is coming to an end, um, we don't know about the details of this uh, updated, you know, um, not bargaining, uh, but collaborative arrangement with these team entities. Once this operating agreement comes to a close you get to vote if you want to stay in or out so if you want to get out if if there is a majority vote that passes of leaving the overwatch league which means that the overwatch league kind of ceases to exist not only do you not have to pay a fine but you also get like a nice little farewell present of of six million dollars to i don't know help you Tend to your wounds as as a mm-hmm. as an investor or as a franchise owner in the now <laughs> no longer existing Overwatch League. So, to put it simply, it does look pretty pretty bad for the league. Um, it looks like a wholesale <laughs> kind of garage sale mm-hmm. before you you uh, shut it down type of thing that's going on. Now it's not. The end, a hundred percent. There is still a chance that this newly updated, negotiated operating agreement is so favorable and is so enticing to existing franchise owners that they vote to stay. And then, whatever those details are, however you know the Overwatch League looks like from then on out, which is probably very different from what it was right now, we still get to get 
another season. If not, though, and they choose to pick up that payment of $6 million, they're free to go. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's the end for OWL, which is kind of why people are, you could say, grieving almost mm-hmm. uh, in, in the Owlverse, uh, including myself. Like, when I heard about this, I was like... Mm-hmm pretty saddened by it because we we've been through it all really both as you know watch league fans and and toronto defined and vancouver titans fans we always joked about the fact that whenever we don't get news it's actually good news because usually we get bad news so <laughs> yeah we got another big batch of of bad news here well, and this came hot off the heels of the announcement that grand finals would be in toronto which for us canadians <laughs> yeah was literally like groundbreaking like a celebration we never get these kind of things you know people we are the redheaded stepchild of america realistically like we just don't get events like this um and the fact that they had announced that grand finals were going to be in toronto and then this came out you know like four days later was just like oh so this is the potentially very likely the final grand finals um which i mean hey if ever there was fodder to allow my wife to let me go to grand finals, I mean, this is it, <laughs> right? Yeah, I never thought about this angle even before we brought it up. It's kind of weird to think about yeah. now. Uh, there could be like the last uh, mm-hmm. grand finals for the Overwatch League. Yep. Where were you when this <laughs> new- <laughs> this news broke? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's kind of how it comes down to uh, right now. Everybody's kind of yeah. telling the tales. I we're just fans, right, of this sport. We have mm-hmm. our own lives and, and jobs. But I, how soul-crushing is it as a player who invests, like, all the time in the world, really, to, mm-hmm. to get good enough, especially for those players who just made it to the league and, and things like that. My goodness, like, ah. Well, and, and on top of that, I mean, you've also got the the ship jumpers who went to Valorant as soon as Valorant started to rise. and. Oh, it, yeah. it does scream of, you know, at the time there was a lot of, I think, people staying with Owl that it kind of looked like you're being very reactionary, jumping over to Valorant. You know, Valorant was the new shiny yes. thing. It was very unproven. Yes, we know Riot has a good track record with, with esports, especially with League, and maybe they have the right model, but it did seem like, okay, Owl has been around for a number of years at this point. Um, it is an established uh, brand and IP and you're jumping over again to the shiny new object. But now it kind of looks like, well, you know, ultimately what this comes down to is, is a largely, I mean, there are contributing factors like COVID, but a largely mismanaged yes. product, right? We know that there's, there's been a lot of talk about the fact that Overwatch League was pitched as the next NFL. And the fact is, that's very appealing to the people that bought in. Um, you know, I mean, you look at the traditional sports world and the NFL and MLB and NBA are, are just pure money makers, right? Um, even a league like the NHL makes a lot of money. Um, although not on the same scale as these other leagues, but, um, yeah, it was, it was a model that I don't think had ever been done in, in uh esports and i mean again i've i've referred a couple in a couple different places i know over on rsp discord i brought up the fact that when chris interviewed adam uh from the toronto defiant of course uh interim ceo of overactive media the parent company behind the toronto defiant and also owners of the toronto ultra on the call of duty league side adam said that you know we've 
we're past the five-year point with the Overwatch League, and it's kind of a, an evaluation point. We, we can look back now and say, okay, we've had a long enough period of time that we know some of what works, we know some of what doesn't work, and yes, somebody did kindly point out to me, I'd like to know what did work. Um, but we can look back and look at this project as a whole and say, here are the takeaways, good and bad. Um, where do we go from here? And the funny thing about Adam saying that to Chris, you know, Adam knew this, you know, that oh, you yeah. know that all of the owners knew this was coming. And the fact is this verge article talks about this being leaked. It wasn't really announced in an official capacity. Yes, it was in, in an earnings report, but they have to report those kind of things to their investors. But someone was paying attention, obviously at the verge and saw this and said, this is big. Um, but again, you know, Adam knew this when he was talking to Chris. Now, Chris would also, I think, be the first person to point out that it isn't all doom and gloom. Um, I think Chris has probably had the most laid back uh, response to this out of anyone I've seen because he's very much of the opinion that we knew this was coming. And, and I don't think we knew it was coming to this extent, but we knew some changes were coming. Um, and that's one thing the Verge article talks about is the fact that yeah. this could simply be, yeah, the collapse of the Overwatch League in general, but things would shift to likely still support an esports scene in Overwatch. Um, it just be maybe more uh, akin to what we saw before the Overwatch League. Yeah, uh, it comes down also to a lot of things or variables that we don't really have a clue about. What is this vote going to look mm -hmm. like? Do we need to get like a consensus? What is the kind of majority that we we're going to have? Yeah. You're absolutely right in the you know assumption that Adam knew about this and other <laughs> owners knew about this because I'm pretty sure that a lot of them are are who pushed for mm -hmm. this particular evolution to begin mm -hmm. with. So there's definitely gonna, there, we can tell, mm -hmm. we can see, uh, on, in the field to see which teams are trying hard, are investing, are trying to get their team better. And some are just there to, how was it Marshawn Lynch who said, I'm, I'm here to not get fined. <laughs> yeah. I'm just here to not get fined. Every question that he was presented with, I'm just here to not get fined. Yeah. So there are other, um, franchises that are, you know, like that. Maybe they have other realities in there, uh, where the owner, uh, you know, parent organization is, is collapsing. Like we, we've seen with some organizations. We saw Chengdu obviously, uh, just dissolving before this particular thing, uh, blew. So this has been a long time coming. It's just a matter of, of what, what does it look is like? the next step? Yeah. What does it look like? And how do these owners feel about that? And does it look better than that? six million dollars and a release mm -hmm. from this for now not very successful mm -hmm. model mm -hmm. my only trepidation my big concern and why i am kind of do being more of a doomer in this <laughs> uh particular situation is that for a long long time and i'm, I'm I, i've always given you know the benefit of the doubt to the people who run Overwatch League and Blizzard Activision, like they, they, they can make a thing out of this. And there were many different things that were done correctly with this league. Every freaking year, outside of COVID, outside of the things that we really cannot control, there was always just decisions, mm -hmm. be they of a business, 
uh, consideration or from a structural cons- consideration that we couldn't help ourselves but just to like look at the screen and say, huh? Mm-hmm. Who, Who made that call? The hell yeah. <laughs> made that call and how many people were in the room that just looked at that decision and everybody was like, yeah, yeah okay, that's, yeah, that, that's, yeah, the, yeah. that's the great idea. That's the right way to go about these things. Mm-hmm. And this was happening way more often than the opposite. Mm-hmm. So that's the only part of this that I'm like, I don't know. My other side of the hopium uh, 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 consuming side is that there is change that's coming to Blizzard Activision, a huge change. And it's through the grapevine, obviously nothing is, is confirmed, that they might have a, a role in play in here already with, you know, the merger of, of, of Microsoft and maybe there's some ideas from that side of the thing. There definitely needs to be some change. We already talked about this. Mm-hmm. We saw some players kind of alluding to the fact that like, oh, Overwatch League next year looks entirely different. Maybe it's just like a dissolvement of this uh, uh, sort of, uh, how should I put it? This iron curtain almost that if you're not <laughs> Overwatch League affiliated, franchised, and you, you know, you got the yeah. kosher stamp on your top, you cannot ever participate in esports. Yeah. Maybe it becomes more of a back to basic grassroots approach to mm-hmm. what Overwatch esports is. It might not ever be as nice as what we saw during season one and two. <laughs> that's 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 pretty safe to say yeah. already at this point. But it does not mean that it's uh, uh, entirely done mm-hmm. or entirely over. It's just that I feel like this product and a lot of its aspects are very nice mm-hmm. in the Overwatch League. Like, in fact, we exist because there is like this. I know a lot of people who like, you know, say about nobody cares about the fact that it's in Texas or it's in Vancouver. Well, we care. We We literally have this podcast. Going because there are two teams that are the Canadian mm-hmm. teams, and maybe true. because a team like uh, Toronto is very tied to the local scene, and they don't like suddenly decide to rename it to like a, a city in in Korea mm-hmm. or or move an LA team to to China or a Dallas team to play again in in, in the East. Mm-hmm. Maybe they do care about this, but the fact of the matter is, and I talked about this last time. Not every owner is Adam Adamo. Yeah. And I'm saying this not because he's like a good friend of the show. Of course he is. So he gets the props. But, but this just in Alex hates. If Adam. we had more people like, like that <laughs> or bought in or, and not like, you know, like if we compare it to, to Francesco Aquilini, mm-hmm. it's definitely, we, we didn't even like know who, who's running the show for so, so, so much time. And a lot of people do care about the Vancouver Titans and are trying, like we can see this. This season, they are putting money in and trying to get the team competitive. But a lot of the time, it felt like it's just like rice that was left in a rice cooker and forgotten on that like mode of just, you <laughs> the know. Warm, the warm setting. Warm, warm it for forever. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Vancouver Titans are uh, not even the worst example of that. Yeah. So, yeah, Adam will definitely be on the part that really wants to see this thing survive. But mm-hmm. it's a vote. Yeah. We don't know well, and in, in what, what way the details of this vote right? going to be. Yeah, it, it it is very possible that Adam. I mean, I think Adam is a shrewd investor to say the least. And you know that they're. Lo- Have you seen his portfolio? <laughs> <laughs> well, we we know that they're looking at every factor, and even an Adam or an overactive media may be looking at the Overwatch League and saying, "We know either this isn't profitable or it isn't as profitable as it." 
needs to be or should be or could be, blow it up, start over. You know, it's entirely possible that these people take the out, but then rebuild in whatever the new form is, right? Um, yeah. Which which wouldn't be the worst thing, right? Maybe, you know, in a lot of ways, it's the reevaluation period. Maybe this is what it yeah. needs. Um, one thing I had kind of speculated on over on uh, One Man Watchpoint, which you can find on podcast services everywhere, was that we see the Overwatch League as we know it go away. The teams dissolve, the organizations, whatever. They go to the wind. They scatter to the wind. And then we see Overwatch Esports as the new brand. And guess what? It is a, air quotes, governing body that sanctions these events uh, run by third parties, you know, gives them maybe some promotional material, hosts them on their channels or whatever. But it's more of just an umbrella that says, here's the game. Here's the rules go and allows these third, par- third parties to run. I I think, and I, I just, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure this needs to be uh, the title for the episode, but imagine a suit coming in to, to this final conversation before the, the vote. He's like, guys, guys, I got this. Hear me out. Overwatch league two. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. this is how we save it. Overwatch League Two, um, but I, I assume. Well, first of all, this season is still going. It's still gonna finish. Obviously, uh, there's quite a lot of uh, less people working on it, so we might see. Uh, yeah, curious some to see what happens. Cracks in this, or, or like loose seams, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that the talent is still on and the players are still going to finish their... their uh, uh, so we can still talk about this league. I assume that as we go through through the year, we'll hear more ramblings um, through the grapevine, leaks and whatnot, official releases, so uh, we'll be talking about this uh, thing developing as we go. Um, there's still stuff to talk about, mm-hmm. and I think that's that that's what we're going to say about this. you have anything else to add to this topic of overwatch league dying i mean there's a lot to be said uh but we'll see that's that's all we can really say at this point we'll see what happens on to other news mischief and magic (laughs) is uh, (laughs) that's right there's more folks updated there's still a game to play uh a prop hunt it's yeah a lot of fun. I played a bunch of rounds. Did you get a chance to play it? I've not played it. I'm very excited, though. Um, I think I said this once on the on the show before. I uh, There's this one guy in particular that I follow on uh, TikTok who does pretty much exclusively prop hunt videos from Call of Duty, and I think they're just fantastic. I love prop hunt, so I'm very excited to get into this. Yeah, so I played a little bit. Uh, I played a, a while ago on Gary's Mod and things like that. It's pretty cool. You play on Blizzworld. I think that's the only map right now. And there's a bunch of like items mm-hmm. strewn about the map that normally are not there. One team is like the Kirikos and another team is the Genjis. So the Kirikos can, you can basically transform on a cooldown. You press your shift and you can become one of these uh, items and then you can place yourself in a location and then the Genji's just gotta hunt you down. It's so fun. As as the the prop, you can still like stun your opponents. It's pretty standard mm-hmm. stuff and you can like run away. It's really tough and but it's really fun. It's you get nervous. If yeah. you're like last man standing or last prop standing, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of nerve wracking. But it's well made. I, I I'll give him that. Um you know it came in 
halfway through the season. We know we have the big season coming up with a lot of content mm-hmm. on the horizon. Uh, but this is a cool mod. I hope they kind of evolve it and not just, you know, make another May snowball thing out of it. It's, it's cool. Just mm-hmm. add more, you know, maps, more, maps, more props. It's a, it's a nice yeah. thing to have like on rotation in the arcade. Mm-hmm. Very cool map. Mm-hmm. Very cool game mode. Um, another thing that kind of started popping in today is an ARG like thing, uh, started affecting some Overwatch, uh, streamers. Uh, did you see the one that's like top on, uh, competitive Overwatch? Some, some sort of hacker, Ooh. uh, character, secret ciphered codes. Oh, yes. I did so see apparently it. people already decipher that. The numbers <laughs> mean invasion is coming in Enigma. So it's mm-hmm. definitely a marketing, uh, tie in into the invasion event. Uh, plus the last episode of, uh, the Genesis, um, did, animated short. Did we short. discuss the last animated short last week? I'm not sure. I we saw it this week. a couple times, but the third episode is out, yeah. came out, uh, yesterday, I believe. So there we go. We did not discuss the last one. It was pretty good. Um, yeah. watching them from start to finish is probably even better. Mm-hmm. I enjoy, I enjoyed that. So. Two. Um, that's pretty much it. (laughs) And there's going to be more of these like events apparently on July 28th, August 4th, and then on launch of, of, um, on the launch of invasion August 10th. I think that is all. We're one hour and 40 minutes deep. (laughs) Lots of news, two big games that we've discussed. And here we are at the end of uh, Overwatch League. I mean, the the show. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. I was your host at OmniStrife. Jordan at Sir Dr. Jam was here beside me. And Chris Lightforce was now much richer. But I expect he'll still be back to host next week. So, you know, give us a follow. Give us a thumbs up, a review. We're at, on Twitter or X. I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> How is it called these days? At Ready, Set, Pwn. Um... We'll take it all. Likes, subscribes, we're on every platform. Jordan, any words of wisdom? No. I have no words of wisdom. Let's wrap this show up. <laughs> your your lack of words. Yeah, I know. This kind of feels it's uh, a long one. Uh, weird this way. I do have a, um, a quote that I, I, I remembered uh, in relation to this situation. What is dead may never die yeah yeah that's a quote yeah so yeah i was uh, that took a turn i was not expecting that that's for sure that's from uh game of thrones yes it is indeed oh man yeah we'll see i, I don't think uh, you want to talk the a- books will ever come out but uh, i was gonna say final books. you want to talk about things that had a terrible ending like the overwatch league oh my goodness yeah let's let's hope for a better turn because i was i'm a big fan of the books oh, yeah. the shows were obviously really good at the start but yeah, I've had uh, my share of bad news this week. Let's just like, not 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 open these wounds. Catchphrase.